Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Jade. And we're the Curly Critics. And today we're talking about the Hamilton movie. Yeah, I thought I was going to call it the Hamilton movie. <laughs> it just flowed. So, Jade and I have the exact same history with the Hamilton. Okay, not exactly. Like, it starts the same, and then we kind of veer off at some point. Because you actually listened to the whole thing at some point. Yeah. Before, like, a year ago. Fair. (laughs) So, in eighth grade, our eighth grade history teacher, teacher showed us the rap the Alexander Hamilton rap from the White House that Lynn did yeah in like 2006 or whatever that was oh yeah and at the time everybody was like whoa that's cool yeah like a, we all a bunch of eighth it graders was, it was crazy like we were all obsessed with it and then we forgot about it for three years some of us forgot about it I cannot recall any time between 8th and 11th grade where I thought about that rap. <laughs> I listened to it a lot. Like, I looked it up on YouTube and was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Then we had AP U.S. History in 11th grade. Yeah. In 2015 to 2016. So our push teacher showed us the rap again and then was like, it's a musical now. Yeah. Because it opened August 2015, so that was right when we were in that class, and our friend Lindsay immediately fell in love with it. (laughs) (laughs) Obsessed to the point of crazy. I love that. Yeah, I feel like I remember thinking it was alright, but I wasn't that into like hip-hop and rap. And it was really weird because we're the musical nerds in our friend group. Like, there were several of us in that group, but we were really the only two that were like, whoa, musicals are great. Whereas it was the opposite with Hamilton. We were like, eh, it's okay. Like, it's really neat and all, but we're not obsessed with it. And Lindsay went head first, just obsessed wholeheartedly. Yeah, Jade and I are both really, really into musicals. Yeah. And Hamilton is a big departure yeah. from the musicals that we listen to, which is not a bad thing. I think that's a big plus for Hamilton. Yeah. But our friend Lindsay wasn't into musicals, and so she just loved it, but she would play it all the time. <laughs> yeah. On the bus. In yeah. Color Guard class. Yeah, so Color Guard, if anyone doesn't know, is that thing in marching band where you do, like, you spin colorful flags and rifles and these things called sabers. Not usually in marching band, though. Yeah, that's fine. So we were kind of in an off-season, and our teacher had just told us to go practice and make sure we could still do the things we needed to. And we were all just in a circle gossiping, and at one point... Lindsay turned on Hamilton, and I remember very clearly this moment where it went from Aaron Burser to my shot, but there was a delay in the middle, and so she restarted the entire thing so that you could hear the really good transition. And so she and one of our other friends 
were actually wrapping it. They go, okay, you're this character and I'm this character. And yeah. We're going to wrap this entire thing. And we were like, how do you know this so well? Yep. Eventually, it wore me down and I listened to the <laughs> whole thing. I listened to about the first act and I'm one of those people who, when I was younger, I didn't like bad words. So it was hard for me to listen to this for a long time because I was like, oh my gosh, it's a little overwhelming. And I would ask, hey, what are the bad words? And they all went, do not listen to Yorktown. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> I got really good at turning down my car radio right at the right moment, waiting a certain amount of time, and then turning it back on so I didn't have to listen to her doing some noise curse. I just went on vacation and me and my brother were listening to Hamilton. And I picked up my phone right as he said the bad word as I'm talking to my dad. And my dad just shook his head and was like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I just. And then finally, my little brother, who's five years younger than me, was like, hey, you should listen to this entire thing. And I finally listened to Act 2 about a year ago, on the way to church, ironically. I was crying. I was like, I'm not okay right now. Oh my god. Oh man. What a time. Yeah. So, basically, Hamilton's been in our lives for the past four years. We've been with Hamilton since the beginning. Mm -hmm. I remember there was a girl who was my brother's age, and my brother's two years younger than me, who, and my brother did theater, so there's this girl in the theater department who, the, like, fall of 2015 was like, Hamilton's the worst, I'm not a fan of it, like, I just hate it, and then Hamilton won all those Grammys the beginning of 2016, (laughs) and all of a sudden, she was on the Hamilton train, and it made my brother so mad. Also, my brother did not like this girl already, but he was like, I can't believe she did this. This is awful. But it was just one of those things where we felt this certain amount of pride about the fact that we were with Hamilton before it won, like, all the awards. Yeah. Before it got any recognition, we were like, hey, this thing is really cool. This guy's going places. Yeah, and I mean, at this time, Lynn had already done In the Heights. Yeah. So people already knew that. Yeah, we did not know in the heights. We're white, so... Also, we didn't know until our old high school did it when we left, and I got to see it. Yeah. And that was incredible. I cried at the end. Yeah, it's just, in the heights was a little bit too old for us, and it was, we weren't the demographic it was trying to reach. Exactly. So, it just kind of went past us. Yeah. Plus, it's pop in Spanish. Yeah, so I still, I didn't watch it when it was at school, and I was really excited to watch the movie. Uh, but, thanks, COVID. Okay, so, Hamilton was nominated for 16 Tony Awards, yeah. breaking the record for the most nominations for a musical. And I remember I was at camp, the, like, weekend of the Tonys, and we didn't have our phones at camp. And then the last, like, the Sunday, well, the Tony's on Saturday, the Monday after, we all got our phones back for the first time, and we were all checking the scores to see, checking the awards to see how many Tony's Hamilton won. And it was like, oh, all of them. (laughs) So it won 11 Tony's, which was one short of the record held by the producers for 12. 
And it was just, at that moment, like, being there in 2015 and 2016 watching Hamilton, it was just becoming really clear how powerful it was. Oh, my gosh. It was anything anyone could talk about. Yeah, like, nobody you talked to wouldn't have some idea what Hamilton was. Yeah. Everybody had at least heard of it. Yeah. And so... Especially, like, the musicals that Jade and I listen to. They're musicals. They're musicals, and they're popular in the musical theater world. But this is the first time that a musical broke through Mm -hmm. the musical theater world and was, like, touching individual people. Yeah. And it didn't stop there, because right after Hamilton, Dear Evan Hansen came on Broadway, and I feel like Dear Evan Hansen had a very similar reach. Oh, Yeah. It was definitely geared toward our demographic, for sure. Yeah. young kid with anxiety. Yep. (laughs) Check that box. Yeah, and I remember being so impressed with Hamilton for the fact that it was people of color. Yeah, that was so... It was insane. It was groundbreaking. But my biggest thing was the writing. I, like, when I first heard that Alexander Hamilton, I went, that is so impressive that he can rhyme that way, that he can hold a beat that way, that he can make something out of nothing. Because who knew about Alexander Hamilton before all of this? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody cared. It was like you learned in history that he formed the bank and then you moved on. Yeah, and he's on some dollar bill. Ten dollar bill. Yep, that's, yep. (laughs) <laughs> but nobody even knew that because you talk about ben- Gen- Benjamins or Washingtons you don't talk about oh I'm going to give you a Hamilton you do now <laughs> I'm going to do that now so neither of us have seen Hamilton on stage right yeah yeah so like, watch the movie because that's what we're talking about <laughs> yeah I was like what <laughs> Lindsay did she, yeah our friend Lindsay did yep she saw it in Dallas but great. we're poor and we don't <laughs> live in new york oh my god so it wasn't easy for us to go over there at all i took a picture outside of the theater when i went to new york yeah i knew it was in dallas but it was so hard to get tickets yeah like you had to get them the second they were online and even then the website crashed yeah and it was a lot of they roped hamilton in with the season ticket holder oh yeah that was what our our theater in fort worth was a lot of that yeah of hamilton's coming but you have to be season ticket holders and then if there are tickets left you can buy them yeah which is stupid because it's so popular yeah the demand was insane the broadway tickets were selling for five hundred dollars yeah which broadway's already expensive and that's even more expensive than popular like pop artists like music concerts yeah so we had never seen it, and then Lynn announced that, and I was aware, I don't know if you were aware, that they had filmed it. I mean, I now I know that they filmed pretty much everything. I kind of had an idea, but I didn't know they did it intentionally. Yeah, so if you don't know, they film all Broadway musicals for the art, the archives, Yeah. so that people who are like studying music theater or like trying to do a certain role can go to this library in New York and like watch it but you like have to have a special reason and like rent it out 
and it's not pro shot. So it's just like somebody took film with the stage. Yeah. But then I knew that they had pro shot Hamilton, probably because of Lindsay. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure she would have showed up. And so we had all just been waiting. Yeah. Because I think Lynn tweeted it. He was like, yeah, we filmed it. Maybe one day you'll get to see it. Yeah. And Lindsay quoted it and was like, okay, like, when are we going to see this? And then they announced that it was coming out October 2021. Mm-hmm. And we were all very excited. Oh, my God. Because we had been waiting for four years. Yeah. Five years at that point to see it. And then they moved it up to Disney+. Plus. That's cool. Yeah, plus no in the heights, but at least we get Hamilton. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so we all watched it. I watched it the day it came out, July 3rd, with my family. Yeah. Lindsay watched it the second it came out, which is actually 2 a.m. on a weekday. Yeah, she stayed up until 2 a.m. to watch it. (laughs) Bless Lindsay. (laughs) My gosh. You're my god, man. But we sat down in my living room, and I made my parents put their phones on. Like, we all put our phones at the front of the room and turned them on silent, and I went, we're going to watch this as if we're actually in the theater. Yeah. And we have surround sound, so it was really cool to listen to it, like, in the place, like, surrounded. And I had chills the entire first act. Oh, yeah. Because I was just so familiar with the music, and then to finally see it on stage was crazy. Yeah. And the most I had ever seen of Hamilton at that point was I watched the last two songs on a bootleg. Yeah, I had seen a few minutes, and that's pretty much it. So I knew what the set looked like, and I knew what some of the people looked like, but I hadn't seen it for sure because I wanted to see it for real. I didn't want it on a bootleg or on a fake movie. I wanted it for real. (laughs) Jay and I don't watch bootlegs ever we're good law abiding citizens Mm -hmm. (laughs) we totally don't text each other press play at the exact same time and watch the movie in each other's houses in the morning but I think the first thing I want to talk about is filmed musicals because I like I'm really into the musical theater world. Like I follow a lot of Broadway people on social media. Yeah. And a constant thing is famous Broadway people being upset about bootlegs. Yeah. And Jade and I watch bootlegs because we don't live in New York. Yeah. And a lot of times that's the only way we can see these things. Yeah. And so the fact that they pro shot Hamilton with the original Broadway cast and put it on a streaming platform is revolutionary pardon the pun (laughs) and yeah and we're both really into bandstand and musical which they also pro shot and we've seen it every single time that we possibly could we watched it twice in theaters we watched it when playbill put it on their website to like rent i'm so much things i've definitely also watched it on my computer back so Yeah, but we also, so what the idea is, people don't like bootlegs because they think bootlegs will stop people from going and buying, or people don't want to film musicals because it means that people won't go to see theater anymore. Yeah. And as somebody who 
participates in bootlegs and in paying for filmed movies. I don't think that's true. Yeah, I would still go see the museum and take Right. And I think I listened to another podcast with Broadway people, the Broad Wasted podcast, mm-hmm. where they talked about how watching Hamilton, the movie, made them miss theater. Yeah. Because of the way it's filmed, it's not full. It's not like being in the theater. Like, there's yeah. lots of close ups, and you, like, miss a lot of times what's going on in the back. Yeah. And that's how they have to film it. Right. And she was. One of the people was saying that they probably did that on purpose because mm-hmm. they didn't want you to give you the full picture because then you wouldn't go and see it. But there's just something really powerful about being in a theater. Oh, yeah. People laughing, people applauding right next to you, people crying, you crying. <laughs> and just there's something about the fact that those are live people up there and what they're showing you will never be seen again. Yeah, that once-in-a-lifetime experience. There's nothing like it. And so even watching these things on screen, like, on platform, watching Hamilton, was not, like, I would love to go if I had money and the resources to go, like, back in time and watch Hamilton with the original Broadway cast live. Yeah. As there's certain parts of the musical that I know. Lindsay and I and another friend bought the Hamilton. <laughs> which is the like Hamilton or Revolution or whatever book that was like all about it and it was talking about there were certain moments in the musical that were different every single time oh my god Lynn's dance at the end of Helpless when he like marriages is different every time oh my god the way that Chris Jackson and Lynn when they're like call me son one more time that's different every time because there's just different emotions that go through and so what we see on the screen is just what happened that night yeah. But it you go back another time and it could be completely different. And that's just the beauty of live theater. Guys, I had no idea. <laughs> so great. And I feel like the fact that they're filming these musicals and putting them out in the world, all it's doing is bringing more awareness mm-hmm. to the musicals. Yeah. Like everybody already knew of Hamilton. And now everybody can watch Hamilton, and all it's doing is making theater more accessible for everyone, especially because people cannot afford to see Hamilton live. Right. Especially Hamilton. Right. And then the Broadwasted podcast, too, was talking a lot about how it's really surreal to be watching Hamilton right now, because that is the only production of Hamilton anyone in America can see right now. Yeah. It's not like other things. That you're like, oh, there's they're doing this at 8 o'clock in New York right now, and let me just watch it. Yeah. It's like, no, this is the only thing that people can watch right now because everything is closed. Yeah. It is surreal. It's so crazy. I'm just a big supporter that they should be filming more musicals and making them more accessible. Yeah. And it's not, like, no matter what musical I can see, I will still, every time I'm in New York, see a Broadway musical. I have yet to go see a musical live. Besides in my hometown, I mean, on actual Broadway. Yeah, I've seen it multiple, because every time I go to New York, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And so it's no matter if I can see it live, like, I'm going to go. Like, I would pay a ridiculous amount of money. I would probably kill a man 
to see a recorded to see Hades Town. Oh Either on tour or filmed or both. Mm-hmm. Like I was definitely thinking about buying tickets to see it on tour, and then COVID happened, and yeah. I don't even know when it's coming anymore. Yeah, I just love musical theater, and I want more people to see it. Yeah, one hundred percent. I thought it was really cool. I watched this video. It just happened to come in my Facebook feed, and it was like older people in their sixties and seventies reacting to Hamilton. And none of them were negative, which really surprised me. They were saying, wow, this is so revolutionary. And so many young people are going to get into musical theater because of this. And that is so rewarding because there's so many good musicals out there. And no, there aren't very many rapping musicals. You know, In the Heights is probably the only other one. (laughs) Thanks, Lynn. But... At the same time, there's so many good stories and so many relatable stories that people need to see. So it was really cool hearing their reaction instead of it being, oh, they're changing musicals. I only like South Pacific. And it just reminds me of in the 40s and the 50s, musicals would be on the top 40s. Like Oklahoma Oh yeah, like those music, those songs from Oklahoma would be in the popular stream because mm-hmm. it was just that was what people listened to. That was the popular music, and I feel like Hamilton is one of those musicals that could do that. I don't think it, Hamilton musicals have ever been in the top forty, but it has that feel to it where everybody knows about Hamilton. Yeah. Everybody's probably heard at least one song. But it just has the power of transforming the mainstream culture. Yeah. Even if people don't like the musical, I think everyone can respect his writing and how just he was one of a kind. He's crazy. Yeah, and the vision that the musical has yeah. to be like, I want to give, I want to show the world what America's like now. Seriously. Making it something out of nothing. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Just like showing diversity mm-hmm. and breaking a bunch of barriers, talking about women and people of color and orphans and all those other things. It was so impressive. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that happened where when the musical came out there was a lot of people critiquing it mm-hmm. for its the way that it presents slavery right which Lynn tweeted defending himself and saying there's only so much I can do in a two and a half hour musical and your criticisms are valid but he does not discuss slavery very well at all but the point of course was not to talk about slavery and he did mention it, like he said. He mentions it about Thomas Jefferson, but yeah. never about George Washington. We know the one who's doing the planting. The only kind of reference was when he, when George was defensive and saying, hey, I'm from Virginia too. And he's kind of like, okay, well, there's still a problem here. Yeah. And so I think it's not a perfect musical, 
No, of course it's not. But it is nothing ever is. And no. it is, I do think, to an extent, romanticizing the founding fathers. I think everything and everyone does. Have you read a history book lately? Yeah, I'm going to keep talking about Broad Wasted. Because yeah, why not? They, so in their podcast episode, please check out Broad Wasted. I love them. <laughs> but they reviewed 1776 and Hamilton at the same time. Oh, uh, we hate Yeah, we don't like 1776. Sorry, Mr. Feeney. But they were saying, and I don't remember this when they were talking about it, so maybe we need to watch it again. Yeah. But how 1776, the second half was whole all about the slave cause and the Declaration of Independence. I only remember a little bit of that. Yeah. And how, like, 1776 was open to the fact that these people aren't perfect. And, like, 1776 was very self-aware of the faults in the Founding Fathers, while Hamilton is less so. Wow. Something 1776 did right. Amazing. (laughs) But that is a really important thing. I really don't want to watch the whole thing again. We can just watch the second half. But I do think Hamilton does other things really well it's yeah i don't think hamilton is trying to be a biography yeah it's trying to make a point about america today or 2016 america and not about 2020 america or this is alexander hamilton's life like it's framed in his life but it's not about hamilton it's about america and I think one of the more important things that it does is it gets young people interested in history and it makes them research things on their own. I'm sure a lot of us wouldn't know certain things about that time period without him either mentioning it offhand and us going, wait a minute, what did they mean by that? What's the symbolism of this? Why did he write this particular thing? I feel like no one would really go further into that without him bringing light to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yep. So, you wanted to talk about the music? This so music major? Much. Okay. Anyways, I just laid on the floor for a while. Um, <laughs> what? I'm going to ask, um, what is your favorite song of the whole thing? Burn. Well, I'm just kidding. No, that one's really good. I definitely wasn't singing along to it on the way here. Um, Philippa, what a lady. She's <laughs> fantastic. Oh my goodness. Um, okay, so why? I like the music. I like her voice. Yeah. I like the melody. I like the message. And it's just a story of a powerful woman sewing up and being like, I'm not going to take your crap. <laughs> yeah. I feel like of all of the songs in this musical, that is the most musical song. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Oh, it would go super well in a Newsies yeah, album. As I got piano in it. Yeah. Which is more than more instruments in, in other parts of the musical. <laughs> that's the only it has is piano that's it so i i yeah, can understand why a lot of people really like that um 
my favorite is definitely What Did I Miss? <laughs> I love the walking bass. The da, 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 da. Oh, it's so good. And just every day of my life. Yeah, that's one of the notes I wrote down when I watched it. Was just that everything Diddy does is insane. Oh my god, he's so entertaining to watch. Both as Jefferson and as Lafayette. Even when he's not the main focus, if you're just watching him during scenes, his reactions to people's faces and what they say is golden. It's so good. I love him and his hair. He's got good hair. Mm. He could be on our podcast. Oh my gosh, you're right. He's it's got just, curly hair. Ah, so good. Yeah. Zabid, please come star on our show. <laughs> oh, yes. If you want to make comments about your amazing hair, you want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I love, I love that song. I hadn't really listened to it because, again, I didn't even get that too, really. So when I discovered it, it was like, this song is so different from all the others. It's not as serious. He's literally just messing around about Oh, what did I miss? <laughs> I've been in France. That's great. <laughs> it makes me so happy. It just, it explains things so well. Um, I, oh my gosh, just everything. It's so good. I wrote so many notes about the music because it, <laughs> and the lyrics are just so incredible. They're so clever. Yeah. I, Jade and I were talking about this. This is not necessarily about the music, but I was insulting Farmer Refuted. No! (laughs) But I was watching it again today, and I realized that it's a lot better on stage than it is just listening to it. Oh, 1,000%. Because when you're just, like, listening to it, it's taken me, I mean, I've listened to Hamilton all the way through a lot of times. Yeah. And it's taken me a lot of times to be able to understand what's happening. Yeah, and that's so hard to be able to see the okay, I'm listening to this thing, and I'm listening to what, like, unless you're used to doing that kind of thing, right? It's so hard to be able to do that. But I was watching it today, and I was just amazed by everybody's mannerisms during that song. They're like, they're like, go and rip this guy apart, and they like push Hamilton forward, and then Burr's like, no, don't do that, and so they push Hamilton back, and then they. Lafayette and Mer- Hercules like push him forward again, yeah, and then is grinning the whole time. And then eventually, Lynn goes up there and he like tears his dude apart. Yeah, it's so good. And then just the English guy, the way that he like moves around the stage to try and be ahead of him. Yeah. And the fact that from a choreography standpoint, the English dude is ahead above Lynn. Yeah. But he's still like being torn apart by Lynn. Oh my god. So it's just, there's a lot going on during that song, but the way everybody acts is so entertaining. Yeah, and I feel like he wrote it that way on purpose. Like, he probably didn't write it as something to just listen to. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing because it's so easy to pick out what people are saying because it's in the lyrics a lot better than they work with. But that brings me to my favorite line in the entire thing, which is don't modulate the keys and not debate with me. And I love that. It's so clever. Thank you, Mr. Musician. Musician Miranda Player. <laughs> yes. Uh, he could just write a song called that. That'd be great. Um, the other 
some other lines I really like. Diametrically opposed. Oh goals. my gosh, I love that one. It's insane. Who puts the word diametrically in a song? That's and it insane. works. And like, my dad brought this up at one point. He hasn't seen or he's listened to a few of the songs and he's giving it ratings for quite the deal yet. But he made a point one time about the song Africa by Codex and he was like, it's the only song I've ever heard that uses the word Serengeti in the song, and it works. <laughs> and that's how I feel about this. Diametrically opposed foes. It's so good. Oh my gosh. And the symbolism in History Has Its Eyes on You. If you just really sit back and think about that for a second, History has its eyes on you, Mr. George Washington, who everyone idolizes. Yeah, that reminds me of Eliza and Byrne, where she's like, I'm writing myself out of a narrative. Yeah. And it's because, like, we literally don't have Eliza's letters. Yeah. Like, historians literally have no idea how Eliza reacted to the Reynolds pamphlet. And that is so clever. And, and then, then writing a song about And then they, like, bring it up multiple times. Like, I think before, she's like, I'm happy to be a part of this narrative. Yeah. And then later at the end, she's like, I'm putting myself back into the narrative. Yeah. I really love the continued patterns that oh happen in it. Just like that, like, Eliza's part of the narrative type of thing. And then, like, the way that Hamilton always says Aaron Burr, sir, whenever yeah. he's talking to him. And he always introduces himself as Hamilton. Right, and just that melody. Yeah, like, there is so many You try and find that same melody throughout the musical, you will be so impressed. Like I forget um, the the song about Philip, and he's what does he say? Like you're going. I don't know. It's what does he say about him? Hey Philip, pull it together, man. I don't know what you're talking about, so I can't help you. He um. There's a lot of songs with Philip. The same thing comes up. The same theme comes up when he comes back as 19 years old when he's graduating. Yeah. The same musical theme pops the, up. Like Little Rap? Or, yeah. And the same musical Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so intelligent. Also, reliable refrain. <laughs> yeah, I remember a while ago it was a big joke about the beginning of Alexander Hamilton Winter's Ball and Guns and Ships, how they're exactly the same. Yeah. And so it's like a guessing game of guess which song it is. <laughs> Especially <laughs> Winter's Ball and Alexander Hamilton are exactly the same until the last second. Yeah. And like Guns and Ships is different from the beginning. But you like hear that first beat and you're like, okay, which one is it? It's so good. Oh and I love nonstop. It's one of my favorites, except for the bandstand act one closer with a right this way. I love it as an act one closer because it wraps up all of the songs before. Like they mention every song before it and not just like in singing it, but just in like saying it. He's like, oh, I'm not throwing away my shot and history has its eyes on you and all these things. Right. Oh yeah. Helpless is a continued theme. Oh yeah. And so I just love that way of being like, look at what you just listened to. Now we're going to have intermission. Like, it's so clever to me. It's so good. I oh, Hamilton wrote the other 51. Oh, my God. There's 
I heard this one from my, it could be a lie, <laughs> but I heard from someone that if a song gives you chills the first time you hear it, it'll give you chills every single time after because you have a psychological thing to that song and it sticks in every time. And I have chills every time he says the other 51. I remember I went to Kenya after my freshman year of high school and I remember being in the back of a car in Kenya driving somewhere I don't remember where we were driving but this girl I was with was like oh I'm really into Hamilton like I love the like first act and like all this stuff and we like listened to it because her favorite line was and Hamilton wrote the other 51 yeah so just like being in Kenya listen to Hamilton just to listen to that line yeah oh my gosh it's so so <laughs> I love the choreography oh, in this yeah. musical. I'm very much a choreography person. I have a kind of an amateur da- dance background. Mm-hmm. Like, by I say amateur, I mean I did it until I was eight, and then I did color guard. Yeah. But I've always had a really great appreciation for dance. Mm-hmm. And I love Andy Blankenbuehler so much. <laughs> He's a genius. So... He wrote the choreography for Hamilton. Yeah. And that's where I really like think that note. Yeah. He won Bandstand's only Tony. So deserving. But I just, the way the bullet, the ensemble member that's the bullet. Yes, technically death, I think. Yeah. But the, like, way that that's going, the, like, end of Yorktown where they're all standing on the chairs and like there's different pictures like that's genius to me I'm trying to think of the rewind yeah oh my gosh the rewind is so genius because when... everything happens in the exact same order but in a different perspective and you can't get that unless you read in a book right and just the spinning this is not choreography, but the spinning stage was brilliant. Oh my gosh. It's so Hades- simple, but so genius. Hadestown also has a spinning stage. Because of Hades. Yeah, and like they do things where they're like walking to hell on this like spinning stage. Oh my gosh. And I love that. Oh. Where are my notes? Yeah. All of the transitions between songs. Yeah. Like the transition between You'll be back, and whatever song comes after that. Mm-hmm. I realized watching it again that they like straight up kill a girl. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. But just this fact of the king is like, I'll kill all your friends and family, and then it goes into a war song. Yeah. And they like do this little like, I'm killing you. And like, it goes a close up on Lynn Hamilton's face, and he's like shocked. I'm like, this, this whole thing works so well together. Yeah. And I love that. But sometimes there's notes after another um, Hamilton Brown Queen song. Oh, he's so good. It happened, um, I guess it was after One Last Time, and George Washington is walking off, and the king is walking off, and they stare at each other. And I go, oh, it's got to go now. Oh, man. So good. Yeah, it's all just... I also am a huge fan of when set changes happen as part of the choreography. Yeah! 
Because it was like growing up doing some theater, it was always like the set goes black and then people in black shirts go out and move things and you move it back and then you're at the next scene. But the way that this musical just all flows together and there's no breaks. And just the fact that well, this if you're going to keep going, we have to get rid of the bar seats while we're doing this. And so you have ensemble members doing things with chairs and, like, moving them around. And it's so impressive to me. You're like, yeah, I know the set's changing, but it looks good. Dude, they had a show in They actually just threw everyone. Yeah. And you just threw them down. And they were dressing Oh, my God. It's brilliant. I think it's so brilliant. I also love the costumes. Yeah. I was thinking about it today. And Alexander Hamilton, so the first song of the musical, everybody's wearing white. Mm -hmm. Except for Burr. Yeah. And I was going to go back and watch it again to see if he, like, at some point puts on a coat. But I think he's wearing the coat the whole time. Yeah. Like, brown coat. And I just love the symbolism of, like, they're all outside of time at this point like introducing the story but the story hasn't really started yet yeah but burr is the only one who's like he starts and he's like this is my like this is alexander hamilton and like i killed him yeah but this is yeah and then burr is the narrator of the story yeah which is such a complicated idea Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just this idea that Burr's the one telling the story, but the second that Hamilton enters the story, he puts on a coat. Yeah. And suddenly he's not wearing white anymore. And then the next song, all of the friends are all wearing coats because it's not like we're in the story now. Yeah. And then at the end, after like everybody dies, they're all wearing white again because we're outside of the narrative again. Yeah, when I was watching it, I was like, I feel like these coats symbolize something. Yeah. And then I found an article talking about it that I'll put in the show notes. But it was talking about how the idea was to try and connect 1700s costume design with the 21st century. And so that the way that they did it was that from the neck up, it was 21st century. But from, like, down, it was, like, classic mm-hmm. Revolutionary War stuff. Yeah, and then they were very, the costume directors were very much, like, to the actors, like, what do you want to wear? Like, what colors do you want? And it was talking about how David, they wanted to put him in, uh, David as Jefferson, wanted to put him in, like, earthy brown as the, like, grounded guy, but David was like, no, no, we're going to do Prince and Jimi Hendrix and put him in, like, a pink suit. And then, like, Lynn goes, I want Hamilton to be in green, because green's the color of money. And then they were saying that King George was inspired, like, his costume is directly from a painting of King George. Yeah. Because they were trying to make a caricature out of King George, that he's, like, King George goes on there and he's making fun of himself. Yeah. And so he's in the most ridiculous outfit. And I just think it's all so clever. I just... The, the background people on Broadway musicals 
are insane. Like, the actors and the singers, like, they're powerful, they're amazing. Pippa Sue is a queen. <laughs> but the people who put the musical together, the choreographer, the costume directors, the set designers, are, like, just as important and, like, are responsible for the impact. Yeah. It's so... Oh, it's so impressive. Another um, music thing I wanted to bring up, which is honestly kind of ironic because Lynn is so good at manipulating sight at exactly yes. the right moment. That is the most important part of being a musician. It's not the note and how well you play it. It's the silence and how important that silence is. Yeah, I was thinking, and wait for it. Uh, the wait for it was one of those things where there's not a lot happening in the background. Mm-hmm. It's just Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah. But the way that the music goes in and out, how it's just him talking, and then like it picks up, yeah. and then it goes back down again, is so powerful. So good. And the same, there's the same like silence musical thing that happens in Satisfied mm-hmm. when. Angelica's talking about the things, the, like, rules, and, like, how she wants to be with Hamilton. It's quiet. And then, like, in between that, there's, like, music, and there's Niles, and she's, like, talking. And it's just... Silence is powerful. Oh, my gosh. Those are the most impressive parts of this show. Like, yes, there's really good music and satisfying things going on, but the silence is always... Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So if we haven't talked about Lynn enough, um, <laughs> I love that every time he says something like coy to the audience, he grins and he knows he's saying something funny. And all the other actors are like, yeah. You know, I love how much fun you can tell the actors are having on that stage. Oh my gosh. You can tell that they're all friends with each other and that they're having the time of their lives. And that even in the second act, when they have to go up and they're like playing, they're no longer playing best friends, they're playing enemies. Yeah. You can tell that they're having the time of their lives. Yeah. And just to, every time I watch it, I think about the fact that the actor that plays John Lawrence and Philip is like engaged, the actor who plays Peggy and Maria. Yeah. And that happened on that musical while they were working together. And so every time I watch it, I'm like, I just love the fact that that happened. Oh my god. Also, they're adorable. Yeah. So cute. They are. It's so cute. I was gonna say something and forgot. Oh. <laughs> oh all I did was look at her. <laughs> Those are all my notes. Oh, the fact that cabinet battles are rap battles. That's so clever. Who would think of that i'm so it's so good i don't there's no words i don't even know <sighs> the fact that he talks about not throwing away his thought three million times and the only time he throws away his thought is literally that oh my gosh the fact that hamilton's mantra is i'm not gonna throw away my shot and burrs is i'm gonna wait for it but the exact opposite of those things is what gets Hamilton killed. Ugh. 
Hamilton throws away his shot and Burr doesn't wait for it, and that's why Hamilton dies. It's just, it's all so good. It makes it even more heartbreaking. Like, bro, you really are the villain of the campaign. You see me right now? Oh my god. Do you think that, um, A. Karen and A. Bubble are going to do the little thing ever, but then when you watch the movie, you go, oh, they actually kind of hate each other? Because. <laughs> yeah, I the music is so fun and playful, which is. It's all genius. He's so he's, smart. He's so good at playing with the irony of things. Yeah. And I, I honestly didn't get... I only realized it when I watched the movie that Bird's jealousy is really just a rip off from Greenfield. And I didn't understand that when I was listening to it, but when I watched it, I could see Leslie's face change and go, wait a minute, are you kidding me? You chose him over me? Are you serious right now? And just the buildup of all the things going on. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, and it's also like it's not completely historically accurate. Yeah. But that's fine, because yeah. it's not supposed to be a biography. Mm-hmm. Do you notice how some things were slower in the actual, like in the movie? No. Season six is definitely slower in the movie. I listened to it today and I'm like, it's going at the speed of light. Oh my god. Well, it is like, the recording is like six seconds, six words per second. Yeah. And it's oh ha- that's hard to keep up with eight times a week. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like how they try to pace it through lives. And you couldn't even tell me and now it's laughable because it was literally just a man's voice and everyone's voice is terrible. Yeah, and I mean, that's another thing about the beauty of, like, live theater. Is they can do whatever they want. They can completely yeah. change the key. Really you can change the key. Voice. And, like, just things like they had to build a stand-in in for Han- Evan Hansen and oh, Dear Evan yeah. Hansen because Ben Platt literally could not emotionally handle playing Evan Hansen eight times a week. So there was, like, they added a stand-in, so, like, two times a week, the stand-in does it instead of whoever plays Evan Hansen. And then there's other musicals where they do that for really vocally demanding song musicals. I can't think of any off the top of my head, because, like, it's if you did it eight times a week, it would ruin your voice. Yeah. Right, so they, like, add a stand-in, and so you're only doing it six times or five times a week. Also, there wasn't after Bruce the adult Ben, there wasn't the moment where John White died in the Spotify soundtrack. Yeah, that's because Lynn said that he purposely kept it out because he needed us to see it. That's fair. I didn't realize that. It just kind of hit me today that, oh, I was waiting for that to show up and then it didn't happen. Obviously, everything's going to look different, but that moment, I mean, he could choose whatever he wanted to do, so if he wanted that moment to hang out, he could do it's, it. Yeah, it's the only scene in the entire mu- musical, and I knew about it because it was in the Hamilton book. Oh, okay. So, like, it had the scene, like, written in, but it's 
it's an impactful emotional moment. Yeah. And it's one of those things that there's this idea that if you listen to a musical before you see it, it doesn't hit the same. Yeah. And so you have lots of people who are very diehard. I'm not going to listen to it until I see it. And then I'll, after I get the emotional shock of like absorbing it all in, then I'll listen to it. Yeah. And so it was one of those things where like, if you're listening to it all the time, it's not going to feel the same. Yeah, that's true. I, I love this musical. Yeah. It's great. It's genius. I have two complaints. Okay. One, I don't like the way it was filmed. Like I, a lot of things were really good, but there were a lot of times when I just wanted to see the stage. Like, it's, yeah. like, all of Satisfied, I didn't want any close-ups. Just because there was, like, helpless and satisfied, but especially when they did the rewind. Mm-hmm. Like, they I just wanted, watch, I just yeah. wanted to watch everything that was going on. Like, I just wanted to see the stage. I wanted to see everything that was going on. Yeah. And then also, I don't think Lynn's the best singer. Okay, I was, I was going to bring that up just now. But also, he wrote it, so I'm going to let him do whatever he wants. And I don't think he's bad. That's the thing. Yeah, I agree. It's also really important. I feel like Hamilton has to I think in Hamilton, it's so important that he is Hamilton because he brings contrast to every other voice he's singing. And everything else, everyone has really good tone, really good vibrato. With David, yeah, he has a very nasal sound, so you can tell that it's him. But I couldn't really ever tell between, like, Lawrence and Burr. Or Lawrence and George Washington because okay. they sound really similar at times. Leslie Odom Jr.'s voice sounds like Caramel. I have comments about him, but we'll <laughs> wait for that. But I really like the contrast, especially in Dear Theodosia in the movie because his voice is so rough and crappy. And whenever he's doing the harmony of this right here, it's so good because you can tell exactly who's singing at what time and I think it just adds to the contrast that this thing is about Hamilton it doesn't matter if Burr's narrating it it doesn't mm-hmm. matter who else is involved if Eliza ends it it doesn't matter this thing's about him he's the star of this film got him <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good point I don't like Hamilton uh, Lane had to choose between whether or not he wanted to play Hamilton or play Burr. I would obviously say Hamilton. Yeah, and he chose Hamilton, obviously. But yeah, we probably should wrap up soon. So do you have any final thoughts? I did want to add that I thought it was odd that Leslie in the movie had a strange lisp. Which I mm-hmm. didn't hear in the Spotify, and I read a couple of Reddit opinions, but no one really had a good answer for that. I don't know if it was auto-tuned out or what, but that kind of bothered me. It could also be the fact that it was live, It was live, and yeah. they do it multiple times a week, Yeah. while the like recording is in a studio, Yeah. on an off day. Yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely different. While, like, Eliza sounds exactly the same. Yeah. 
it blows my mind that female Broadway singers sound exactly the same live that they do like on recordings. Oh, that was yeah. the thing we both commented on when we saw Laura Osnes sing for the first time. We were like, oh, she legit sounds like that all the time. Yeah, it was it was great. Bless you, Broadway Princess Party. <laughs> yeah, so how would you rank this? I was thinking about this and I felt really hard. I wasn't just taken aback by you asking this question. <laughs> you asked everything and I'm still surprised at you. <laughs> I I think that eight and a half is a good because one, it is PG thirteen and I'm glad he took out the F words. I'm glad he actually he said he gave an F so that the kids could see it and I thought that's yeah, that was great. So, eight and a half, I'm going to pass it with a one. Um, so there's that, and it's not creepy. It, there are flaws in it, but I also loved it. Like, it was incredible. So, eight and a half. Yeah, I would say an eight. Yeah. And for pretty much the same reasons. Like, that was a really good two and a half hours. Yeah, I am so into this. I think it's a good thing that it's like, if you see it for the first time, you're not going to listen to any nothing that's coming. <laughs> I watched it with my mom and she barely heard any of the songs and because that helped her switch during that experience, she didn't know who was who. Yeah. And that's just a lot and I wouldn't know or anyone else would know if you were watching it for the first time and you didn't know any of the songs. Yeah, my dad watched it for the first time with like never listening to it and I told him beforehand I was like, it's gonna be kinda hard to follow. Yeah. It's very fast. And it's not, like, his style of music at all. Yeah. But he, like, really liked it, which I think is another testament to how good of a musical it is, the fact that it got my dad to like it, even though it's not his style at all. Yeah. And my dad is, like, my parents are both big musical theater people. Yeah. Personally, I don't look up the lyrics. I try to hear something different every Mm -hmm. time and try to focus on something. So I think that makes it more fun. It's kind of a built-in game every time you watch it. Yeah, and it's the same thing with watching it. Like, I notice something different every time I watch it. Yeah. Yeah, so... Eight and a quarter pineapples. For me. That's how many pineapples we give about Hamilton. Thanks, Lynn. You're the best, man. Yeah. Thanks, Lindsay, for being the parent and bringing us into this world. You're awesome. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Curly Critics Pod, and email us your positive or negative feedback about Hamilton at curlycriticspod at gmail.com. Also, dude, please um, join our podcast. Yes. We would love that, man. Join the Curly Critics. You can email us if you like. It's cool. We won't mind. <laughs> Bye. Bye.